0: You're listening to The Lively Show, episode 188. Welcome to The Lively Show. I'm your host, Jess Lively, and this blogcast is designed to uplift, inspire, and add a little extra intention to your every day. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you so much, as always, for listening. This episode is sponsored by Aptive.com. Active is an awesome app that I've been using as I've been traveling to keep working out and doing things that are challenging to my body no matter where I am in the world. This of course works for someone that is traveling a lot like myself or for someone that just wants to, I don't know, just enjoy their workouts more, start working out more consistently, challenge themselves, run a half marathon, the real reasons you're going to be doing it, your values will be unique to you. However, if you are looking to enjoy your workouts more, I highly recommend you check this app out. They are a sponsor of the show, but I actually deeply love this app myself personally. I've been doing interval workouts and sprint workouts on my runs, which I typically don't ever do. And I've really been learning to challenge myself and get into better shape than ever before while having fun at the same time. Personally, I really like the trainer Megan, if you try the running app and if you want to do things like elliptical workouts, treadmill workouts, strength training, you name it, hop over to Active to give this a try and see what I'm talking about. It is over at aaptiv.com. And if you use the code the Lively Show, when you sign up, you get 30 days for free. That's much longer than their normal free trial, so please use that code the lively show to get almost an entire month of free workouts. Now let's move on. In addition, this episode is sponsored by audible.com. Audible is awesome because this episode is going to be talking about my very favorite Audible book of all time. There are thousands of audiobooks. If you want to listen to your books like you listen to your podcasts, I would highly recommend it. You can get a free book and get a free trial of Audible, and actually I'm gonna suggest that you buy the book I'm going to speak about in this episode over at audible.com slash lively. Again, you can pick any book you want, but I'm going to suggest one that is my very favorite and is actually not the same as how you would find it in print, so Audible is the way to get this one for sure. Now let's move on. Today I'm in Sydney. I'm so excited to be in Sydney, guys. I first of all will very selfishly say that I am loving the warm summer weather in the Southern hemisphere. It's so nice, it's been really great for my skin to get out of the dry weather that was happening in Austin. And on that note, by the way, for those that have been following the hormone journey, things are going so much better in that direction. I wanna keep seeing if things continue to progress and then I'll share more about what's been working for me once I have a clear handle on whether this is a more permanent shift or not. In addition, if you're in Sydney and you want to do the meetup, I'll be having one. I believe it will be next week. I have not yet picked the date or the location, but details will be shared on Instagram. If you are around, I would love to meet you and give you a hug then. Now let's move on to this episode. Thanks you guys so much for all of the love and support you shared with the episode, The Things I'm Afraid to Tell You, seeing everyone's excitement around this idea of energy, flow, consciousness, and how interested you guys are in this is so encouraging and really aligns, as you know, with what I've been focusing on personally and want to bring to the show and to my work in general. So when I thought about how I wanted to start the year and doing solo shows about these subjects, I decided to start with the law of attraction. And first I'll explain why. I want you guys to understand the law of attraction before we get into anything else because it underpins so much of this work that if you don't have a clear understanding of what that is, or if you have preconceived notions about what that is that may be negative, I'd like to clear the air about it right now so that going forward we're all on the same page as that subject or things around that subject pop up in other episodes and topics. I know here on the show in the lively show seasons one and two, maybe even in season three, but I can definitely say in one and two, I have memories of not specific guests in general, but I do remember different guests mentioning these reasons that they didn't like the law of attraction or the idea of manifesting and it had been used in derogatory terms. I myself had also kind of felt similarly to how the guests were feeling before I started this journey on consciousness and energy. So my intention for this episode is to clear the air, what I believe are the three most common misconceptions about the law of attraction so that we can really understand where I'm coming from with it at least. And so again, we're all in the same page. There'll be a few parts to this episode. Part one will be where did the law of attraction come from? (laughs) Number two will be what is the law of attraction exactly? And then in part three, I'll talk about the three most common misconceptions I believe people have around the law of attraction, especially as I've been studying it. Like I've said, I think I've done almost 800 hours studying the concepts of Flow, energy, and consciousness. And that includes obviously the law of attraction. So I'm even going to share some of the misconceptions I've had over this journey in order to become clear. And that way you guys are all on the same page with me. So let's start. Part one Where did the law of attraction come from? Now, that's kind of an interesting chicken or the egg question, of course. If you choose to believe in the law of attraction, you would say that it came from the universe, it came from source, it's always been there. So When we're really saying where did the law of attraction come from, I'm going to use this and explain how did this become popularized in our society? Where did this come from? Why are we talking about it? Now, I do believe that many universal truths are speaking to aspects of it, though they use different language around it. What we normally hear the term referred to is through two different sources, either the secret or Abraham Hicks. Now, I'm gonna explain a little bit about the background of both of these so that you can, again, be on the same page. Many of you guys, and probably I would even guess most of you are familiar with the documentary and the book called The Secret. It happened, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. I'm not really sure exactly when it came out. I do remember when it came out though, not knowing what decade or whatever is irrelevant. I do remember it being a smashing runaway success that sold millions of copies as a book and a documentary. I remember the people I believe were on Oprah and all that sort of jazz. So when I watched it personally, I believe I watched the documentary and this was probably over 10 years ago now. I remember being fascinated by the concepts, but ultimately for me personally, this is just me personally guys, I just kind of found it a little bit tinny is the term I would use. I would say that it kind of didn't really resonate at a deep authentic level for me. For me personally watching it, I couldn't say that the law didn't seem to work. I just would say that it didn't seem to be focused on meaningful things. It really seemed to have a very strong emphasis on manifesting cars, money, big houses, and a lot of shiny pennies. So I was like, okay, this is how you get the shiny pennies, but I don't believe that the shiny pennies are really ultimately that meaningful. So this is therefore not necessarily something I'm resonating with a ton and I think a lot of people either love The Secret and they got maybe to the real sauce of it from that documentary or they felt like me and they felt like, okay, I kind of see the point but I also don't know, it kind of feels a little bit focused on the superfluous on the shallow or side of the scale. Now, what Abraham Hicks is and that's less known to describe Abraham guys, this is just, that's like a whole other episode. But let me just say that if you're interested in learning about Abraham, the Law of Attraction audiobook. This is the thing I want you guys to download with that Audible credit. I mean, obviously, if you already have it, if you're not interested, buy or get a free book of some other kind. But the Law of Attraction audiobook on Audible using that code slash lively to get that. That is going to really explain Abraham in its fullest sense, and will also explain the Law of Attraction in far more depth than I'll be able to get into here on the show. But I'll quickly just say there are three people you need to know when you hear the term Abraham Hicks. There's Jerry. Jerry Hicks, Esther Hicks, and Abraham Hicks. (laughs) Okay. I'm just going to say that Esther and Jerry are the people involved in what is called Abraham Hicks. Abraham Hicks is technically not a person as we would call it. And like I said, if you're interested in finding out more, either go on YouTube and watch hundreds of hours of Abraham Hicks there, or just read the law of attraction. I prefer also really listen to the Law of Attraction audiobook because it's not actually a book, it's actually recordings of Abraham speaking through Esther. And again, if that's confusing, go check it out and you'll find out all the details there. But I wanna explain how Abraham Hicks intersects with the secret. So from what I understand from Jerry and Esther explaining their experience with The Secret, there was a woman in Australia that wanted to create a documentary for television about the law of attraction, and they did a lot of recording of Abraham Hicks material for The Secret. Once this documentary was going to go onto the television, I think it was, I'm guessing the radio or the television producers or people in the television station probably or seem to have felt, from what I understand, like it was a little too out there and woo-woo, and for whatever reason, they did not air the documentary. Now, what I believe then happened for this woman, the Australian that created it, is that she still wanted to do something with all the material and get that message out there. So she decided to create the version of it that was the DVD. So as she was going to do that, my understanding from Jerry and Esther is that there was this intellectual property clause for them that said, it's okay if you air it as a documentary, but it's not okay for you to redistribute it and sell it and make all the money off of what is essentially our teachings. So in order for the woman to release the secret, she had to remove Abraham Hicks from the actual video. So she had other people talking about the same concepts, I would suppose, and had other people talking about their experiences, but they removed Abraham. Now for me, I believe that this is why I didn't disagree with the secret, but I didn't resonate with it. Once I heard Abraham Hicks, once I heard that source of the material, everything felt much more resonant for me. So I don't want to say that the secret was wrong. I just think that it's kind of like taking Jesus or Buddha out of the Bible or Buddhism. It's not going to necessarily be the same, even if you're sharing the same material. I think sometimes the consciousness of the source affects how it resonates for you. So for me, the Abraham aspect of it was really where it resonated. The other people applying the principles of the law of attraction that were featured are great, I just didn't resonate with their source as much as I did with Abraham. So that is where it came from. And to me, the law of attraction, I don't know if they even use that term in the secret, but that's what they're trying to speak to. I know for sure the law of attraction is spoken all the time by Abraham Hicks. They even have the book named after it. So now let's move into what the heck is the law of attraction? This is part two. What is the law of attraction? Now, this is a big subject, and we're going to go into this in many different ways over the year, I am sure. But let's just say the very simple version of it is that which is like unto itself is drawn. So that means like attracts like. Now, when I say that, you're like, what like attracts what like, right? You're probably thinking, how does this apply to my life, Jess? This is already sounding a little weird when you mentioned the Abraham thing. Now, what's the like attracts like? Okay. Okay. Likotrex light, light can kind of be used in many different forms. I also am learning about quantum mechanics now and learning how these principles from the seemingly very woo-woo out there scale also tie directly to principles in quantum mechanics. However, let me just say when we're going to get into this, that in quantum mechanics, they talk a lot about waves, frequency, and vibrations of particles at the atomic and subatomic level. That's what quantum mechanics is all studying. The atomic and subatomic atomic particles, how atoms work, what create atoms, what electrons behave like, how those sorts of things affect our reality that we see on the physical realm. So vibration is going to be a term we're going to talk a lot about because when we're talking about the law of attraction, we're getting into that quantum, that subatomic particle level of our lives. So vibration, frequency, and energy are going to be terms we're going to use. I'm not right now 100% sure if they're completely interchangeable. So maybe I'll have an episode coming up that's going to say the difference between vibration and frequency. That might be there. I'm not sure. Right now, I've been using them rather interchangeably and like I said in my things I'm afraid to tell you episode I want to be able to write in pencil with you guys I want to be able to share this as I'm going through this so there may be updates to come but I'm just going to tell you where I'm at and what I'm defining things now so we're all on the same page so vibrations of similar source attract other things of the same vibrational source Okay, so like attracts like, when we're talking about in our lives, we're talking about vibrations. Now, what does a vibration look like in our lives? You might be wondering that. To me, the way I'm going to use this, the way that this is going to work for us is vibration equals our emotional state. So our vibration is our emotion. If our emotion is positive, our vibration is positive. If our emotional state is negative, our vibrational state is negative. Have you ever had a day that got really good after it already started to be a really good day? It was like the day got even better or did you ever get off at the wrong foot and the day got even worse? So the better it gets, the better it gets, or the worse it gets, the worse it gets. That is the law of attraction at work. That is us saying those things when we are experiencing our daily lives, we are often tapping in because it's always affecting us whether we're aware of it or not, but sometimes we're more aware of it than others. So basically the idea is you get what you think about. If you're in an emotional state that's positive, you're typically going to get positive things. Not always, and I'll do more episodes about when those exceptions happen, where you might think you're at one state and you're not getting life to reflect that same state back to you, but I'll just say that in general you get what you think about. Not like even thinking, you get what your emotional state is. So your vibrational state is going to attract other things of the same vibration. Now you're gonna start with an emotion, which will be good or bad, or it's gonna be anywhere on the emotional scale. And then the manifestations, the experiences of your life are what are going to attract to you. So if you have one emotional state, watch what happens when you're going about your daily lives on the physical level. That's the idea of this attraction is that this emotional state, which seems very vibrational out there, woo woo, it's on the quantum mechanics level. It's at the level of the atomic and the subatomic version of our lives. This is at the thought level and the emotional level. Those create the bigger things in our lives that we would see in the physical realm. So this is also why, for example, if you have a really long time being single, and then all of a sudden you have a bunch of dates all in a row, typically what's happened is your vibrational or your emotional state has changed so that the dating, whether it's you know feast or famine, is kind of reflecting that state that you're in. Or on the flip side, if you've ever had a job hunt that you're hunting and hunting to go stale, only to have a bunch of new leads appear in a short period of time, typically your emotional state, your vibrational state has shifted and that's why the circumstances around that area of your life have shifted. In Flow With Intention, I'm going to go into crazy detail and we're going to get really into how to do this in your life. But this is just kind of the high points of all of this. And ultimately, this is to say, this is the general concept of the law of attraction. Now let's talk about the misconceptions around it so that we can clarify some things that when you're thinking about this may clear some stuff up. So misconception number one is that I have some things going well in my life, Jess, and some other stuff really sucks. So how can this be true, Jess? Some things in my life are great and I really like it, and I have other things that are really crappy. Why is this happening? It can't be true because wouldn't all my things be good if they were all good, or wouldn't all my things be bad if I was in a negative vibration? Not necessarily. What we call this, or this is what Abraham says, is living life by default. So when we're living life by default, that means that we're not selectively choosing our emotional states, we're just kind of reacting to whatever's popping up in our lives. So if something happens that's good, we're in a good state about that. If something negative happens, we're in a negative state about that. And then once we're in the negative state or the positive state, future things get drawn to it that reflect that state we're in. So if things are just happening because we're not focused on whether our emotional state is in a good direction or a bad direction, we're going to get a mix because certain things in our lives we expect and we've seen them go really well. So we don't have any resistance. We don't have any real issues with it. So those things tend to keep going well because we don't have any negative energy around them. On the flip side, you probably can think of an area in your life that has typically bothered you over the years, where you focus or where your ego, I should say, tends to focus a lot of its negative fixating energy. And that area, I would guess you've got a lot of negative emotional momentum gathered. So certain areas you'd be like, I'm really great with my finances, but my body and eating well has always been the tricky thing. Or maybe you've had wonderful health and physical stuff, you've got that under control, but your relationship life has always been something that's been difficult, right? So we can have a mix of things, and some of them just might be great because we're pretty strong at them, and then we expect them to go well, so they do, and others we've had more difficulty with, so we expect them from our negative state to go badly. And we may be trying really hard to fix them, Which is going to be something we're going to get into. Like, why does trying to fix that thing not necessarily work? We'll talk about that more soon. But basically, in general, when we're not focused on the law of attraction and we're just living life by default, we tend to pay attention to reality, which means we feel our emotions based on our current circumstances. We wait to wake up, basically, and then look around us and see, is there something I like? That's going to mean that I'm going to be happy today. Is there something that's going on that I don't like? That means I'm going to be sad today. What does life have for me and how am I going to feel is based on what life shows me. If your partner brings you flowers, you feel great. If the partner leaves socks on the floor, you feel not so great. This is the life by default. You wait till the thing happens and then you feel whatever you want to feel. What that ends up doing is creating more of the current reality in your life. Think about it. So if something happens to go really great and you're really happy about it, then the current reality is good and you'll probably get some more momentum going in that direction. Or if things happen to go not so well, then your current reality, as it doesn't go so well, your emotions follow, and then the next things that happen in your life are not so great. This is typically why their, people's lives don't totally change vibrationally or emotionally in many ways very consistently over time. They kind of stay where they're at they don't really change. It's because typically they're not paying attention to their vibrational stance and they're ultimately not deliberately choosing it, which we'll get into in the future. Now let's move on to misconception number two. I want a lot of things, Jess, why aren't they here? If the law of attraction really works, this is actually I think the reason that people tend to say, especially on the show in the past, that you know the law of attraction stuff or just saying you want something is not enough. You've gotta go take action. Well, yes, you do, and on Thursday, we'll talk more about the actions to take and why. However, I'll just say that the idea of wanting things, this is so tricky, but let me try to explain this, because this, I mean, for me to really, really get this took a little while, so I'm gonna try to help you guys get this much quicker. When you say, I want a partner or I want more money. Now, I'm going to probably use those examples a lot, not because they're very important, but just because they're very easy examples to pull upon. They're very kind of black and white in a lot of ways for people to understand the concepts. But you could also say, I want more simplicity. I want more ease. I want more flow. I want more... Time to read comic books in my life. I want more bicycles. You can have any type of want, right? I can. I want more desire or I want less desire. I want less ego. All of those things are desires. I just tend to find it easy to explain this stuff when we talk about partners or money because those are areas of our lives that are pretty straightforward. Then once you hear that example, of course, apply it to your life in the thing that you're thinking about. So please don't think this is all secrety and this just about the shiny penny stuff. It's just an example. So if you're saying that you want the money or the partner and you say, I want it, I want it, you maybe say it 13 times in one day and you don't see it happen. You're like, well, it doesn't work. That is not what the law of attraction is really about. This is about, like I said earlier, vibration. So when you say the word I want, it doesn't matter what words you say. It's the vibration that is the being of you saying it. That's what creates it. Can I just say that again? I might need to say this four times for this to really sink in, I'm reminding myself in the process. It's the vibration of you that creates the attraction, not the words you say. So if the words you say line up with the vibration you're at, then you will get it and it will be in alignment. But a lot of times it can take us a while to get our vibrational stance to match the words we're using. We can say that we wanna get along with our mother, but if we vibrationally are not getting along with our mother at the core, we can't fool our vibration with our words. Yes, we can over time help to shift that, but, The words themselves don't actually matter. It's all about the vibration. So that's why when people say the law of attraction doesn't work, there's a few things there. A, they may have resistance, which is canceling out the desire. And I'll get more into that in quantum mechanics and interference waves later. But I'll just say that, you know, the idea of saying, I want this and then butting it out. Say I want the partner, but that's never been something that's easy for me. Or I want this partner, but I'm traveling all the time and therefore it's hard for me to meet someone. All of those buts cancel out the desire. So that's gonna stop you right there. Or you can say I want, and when we say want, the vibration could be at the level of a needing. So like attracts like means that something of this vibration is equal to the thing of that vibration. So if you want more money, the desire is only met if you already feel as happy as you feel when you think you'll get the money. Does that make sense? So it's not the want of more money, because if you really just focus on how much you want more money, you're focusing on the want of more money and the law of attraction gives you more experiences to want more money. The best way I can describe this is it kind of feels like you're thirsty. If you feel thirsty for what you're wanting and it's going to quench or satisfy this thirst you have, that is not the vibration of actually achieving it okay? So if you feel thirsty, that means your vibration's not up to speed with the desire that you have. We'll explain more in the future, and definitely we're going to go into this and flow with intention in detail, but I'll just say, if you want it, but you feel thirsty, which means you feel like you're not satisfied until it happens, that means you're just creating more of the desire, not the actual creation of the thing, not attracting the actual thing into your life. It was only when I stopped caring about the money and I was as happy as I wanted to be regardless of the money that I was a match for the money that I wanted all along. Of course, right now in my own vibrational situation, I think partnership is something that's not fully figured out yet. I've still got some weird resistances around that or I'm still data collecting. I'm still figuring out what I want and yet I just haven't even just maybe found that person. But I think that there is a reason that is vibrationally there. And in part, it could be a little bit because sometimes my ego tends to slip into this idea of the thirstiness. So if you have an area in your life that you feel thirsty about, just recognize it's not that the law of attraction is not working. It just means that it is actually working so beautifully that you're just getting more of what your vibration already is at. Okay, so that's misconception number two is that, let's say it again, wanting a lot of things is not the same vibrationally as actually getting them because often the wanting is thirsty wanting. You actually have to feel quenched. You actually have to feel like you've already had all the water you can drink in that area of your life and that's when the vibration is the same. That's when it flows into your life without having to force it to come. Now let's move on to misconception number three. I kind of talked about this at the beginning with the secret. This is just all about collecting the shiny pennies. Now I don't want this to be a misconception. I want to get this clear right now because the tendency is to think about what the ego likes to focus on. It's about money, cars, homes, sexy partners, clothes. And actually the ego does love to fixate on those things because it's thirsty for them, because the ego is trying to quench its thirst. From the perspective of intuition and law of attraction and all of this other way that we're going to approach life, those things, those shiny pennies of money, cars, homes, sexy partners, clothes, all that stuff, is there, It's part of the physical environment that we're in. It's not bad. It's just secondary to the vibration that we want in the first place. We really wanna feel good. We really wanna feel that alignment with our source or our intuition. So that's number one for the intuition. The ego thinks it needs to get that alignment by obtaining the stuff. But the intuition knows that the stuff comes once you attain alignment with the source. Once you have that vibrational stance, First, once you feel as good as you think you'll be feeling when you have this stuff, that's when the stuff comes, but it doesn't matter that much because you already feel the way you want to feel. The whole reason the ego wants it is so that it can feel good. Well, if you already feel good, there's not something to be completed. Is it fun to have the manifestations of the stuff? Sure. It's cool, but you're not waiting for it with bated breath because you're already satisfied. You're already satiated with the vibration you were seeking in the first place. So it's not about just collecting shiny pennies. It's truly about alignment, 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 alignment. I say that a lot and you guys are going, what's alignment? Alignment's feeling good. Alignment's feeling up to speed with your intuition and how it, sees you in your life because if you write to your intuition or tap into it in any way you will find that it is peaceful and happily going along in life no matter what your ego is feeling no matter how thirsty your ego is for something the alignment is when your consciousness when you are aware and in vibrational emotional harmony with how the intuition feels So all of that stuff is nice and even let's also point out something else. Let's say like you're a Buddhist and you're really into, you know, I wanna have the eradication of desire. I don't want more desires in my life. I want less. I don't want more shoes in my life. I want less shoes. I'm a minimalist. I wanna own a hundred things. You know, maybe you're gonna do one of those projects. I wanna have a capsule wardrobe. I don't want more clothes. Very cool, awesome. Let's just recognize that that desire for less is still a new desire to you. So it is still you growing and expanding. It's just going in a different direction in terms of the physical nature of the thing. You're wanting less instead of more, but the desire is new. And the idea here is, and this is so cool, and even as I'm saying this, this is really explaining this in a way I haven't necessarily heard it before, but I think this makes so much sense. The universe is expanding. It's actually, scientists are finding, expanding at a faster rate than ever before. If we're a part of that universe, which I would say we are, we are here to grow and expand as well. Now that doesn't mean we have to grow and expand and have 17 cars and that's our expansion. It could be growing and expanding by having 17 less pairs of shoes. What is consistent with the universe by going towards less, less schedule busyness, less stress in our lives, less friendships, but of deeper meaning? All of those types of lessnesses are all new desires. So we are still evolving. We are still growing because there's new things happening. We have new preferences. So they could go out into the physical world and expand and have more Accumulation of stuff, or it could be de accumulating, letting things go. Either way, like Aaron Lochner had her episode about, you know, the chasing slow. That idea is cool. Either way is fine. As long as we're moving in a forward direction, which to me means growing in new preferences. We're aligned with our own source, which is the universe growing and expanding in a new direction, and it's all good. It's not about the physical things getting bigger and bigger and bigger forever. It's about new, new, new preferences. It's not bad when you look at this from the context of the law of attraction. So part of you might also be thinking, oh my gosh, Jess, this is shiny penny chasing on steroids. Everything being new, new, new is exhausting. Yes, it is if you're doing it from the ego. The ego, let's remember, wants to feel better from having the thing it wants. It thinks it's going to get the feeling of emotional state of positive vibrations from the stuff. But this is flipping it on its head here. When you come from the intuition, when you come from alignment, when you come from source, you already feel vibrationally satisfied. And that's when those other things fall into place. You don't have to row up the river. You go down the river in the stream of your life with the new desires you have, and they flow through the river current. You still can take some action, but you take it from an inspired and peaceful and satiated, not thirsty place. So you're already feeling good every step of the way. desires are just fun icing on the cake but you have the cake the whole time because what you're going to do is focus on training your alignment your emotional state to be in the positive direction you want it to go because a first and foremost and the whole game of it is just to feel good and as you feel good you don't really need the rest of it to be as positive because you're not waiting for that to feel good you already got it so once you have it then you enjoy the things as they come into your life without stressing out And of course the ego is gonna have its own interpretations of this. So this is not necessarily super easy to implement, but this is the whole game. So now let's get into a few questions you may be having. Number one, this is so tempting and I remember feeling this when I first learned this. I'm gonna say it right at the start. You might be wondering, okay, Jess, I wanna be always in constant alignment. That's the game, right? If alignment feels so good and that's what I'm here for and everything I want, all the shiny pennies are gonna happen if I get into it. I wanna constantly be in it. How do I permanently park my car in constant alignment? The truth is it's not about that. You're not gonna do that. Let's take that off the table right now. And not even from a like, we're all human and this isn't just, you know, the way things are, we're not that good at it sort of way. According to Abrahamics, this is actually not the way we'd even want it to be. Because the contrast that comes from noticing things that we don't want temporarily may take us out of the alignment or the good feeling. So when you see that someone's treated poorly, it may make you want to treat others better or see others treated better. And I'm not gonna get too far into like extrapolating what you want from other people's behavior. So let me not really use that example as much as let's say when you realize you want... Less, less busyness on your schedule. Your schedule gets really full and then you're like, have the desire, the realization that you're stressed out and you're like, I want more peace. I want more ease, I want more flow in my schedule you probably got to a place that didn't feel good in order for you to realize that that's what you wanted. You probably got kind of stressed out in order to recognize that you wanted to be less stressed. So that's when you get contrast, is when things start to go in a way that doesn't feel very good vibrationally. That's when you notice what you want. Then once you're out of that alignment, cause that's when you've noticed it, it's not about freaking out and saying, oh my gosh, I failed, now this is over, which I've totally had that feeling of as I was learning how to do this. What happens over time is you just recognize, thank you for helping me notice that. How fascinating, what a great new desire I have. And then focus on getting yourself back into alignment from that point forward so that that new experience that you want, that new desire that you have for less things on your schedule can be possible. So it's not about always being in constant alignment. It's about allowing yourself to get out of alignment in order to notice new preferences, and then have the ability, have the strength of muscle to get back into alignment from there without having to take forever to do so, or having to have 17 life circumstances help you feel happy so that you can get into it. So that is what I've literally, as I've mentioned, been focusing on for 800 hours of my life over the last eight or nine months. But this is the idea. about constantly being in alignment now let's go on to the next question i think you're going to have which is does this mean i never need to take any actions if like attracts like do i need to do anything or is this all about the things just magically popping up in my life All right, this is a great question. And I'm gonna say that I wanna get more into the scientific side of this with the quantum mechanics a bit more on Thursday's episode. So stay tuned for that one. If you're interested in whether or not you need to take any actions, and if so, what actions are the actions to take so that the law of attraction happens? So now let's summarize uh, where we've been so far, guys. This is pretty much the foundation of the law of attraction as we're going to be using it in the future. Let me go back and just kind of summarize what we've talked about. Number one, the law of attraction is about similar vibrations attracting themselves to one another. Something on the same wavelength finds someone else on the same wavelength. This aligns with very woo-woo sounding stuff like Abraham Hicks or The Secret and also applies to the principles of quantum mechanics, which are literally physics, guys. This also applies on the physical level. What actually... It's kind of the non-physical level. It's the stuff that's much smaller than what you can see in the physical world with your eyes. So this is about how things work at the atomic and subatomic level. Now, again, here are the misconceptions if you're curious on what those were as well. Number one, having a mix of good and bad stuff in life doesn't mean the law is not working. It just means that we're probably got a mix of vibrational feelings going on in our lives around different subjects. Number two, wanting is not the same as needing vibrationally. If you feel thirsty for that thing, that's the best way I can describe it. If you feel thirsty, that means you're not at the vibration of actually pure desire. Pure desire means that it feels great if you would have it, but you don't actually have to have it to feel as good as you think you will once it's in your life. And number three, this is about creating a strong emotional vibration, but it's not only about collecting the shiny pennies. It's not just about shiny penny stuff. Ego can easily actually try to negate this whole concept with itself, ironically. It can say, oh, I'm gonna throw this off because this isn't about where I'm at. I'm more about less. Less is still new, either more or less. As long as it's a new desire, it means that it is a part of the expansion of the universe. You are a part of the expansion of the universe. Having new preferences is a part of being alive. Nothing wrong with that. The only thing that's difficult and uncomfortable about wanting new things is when you're focusing from the ego and your vibration is at the point of being thirsty and lacking for it versus being satiated and vibrationally already up to speed with the thing. And again, if you wanna go more into this, please use the code that Audible has sponsored this episode with. Go over to audible.com slash lively and get the book for free if you wanna hear The Law of Attraction. Please get that one. It's by Esther and Jerry Hicks and is gonna talk all about Abraham and explain it in much more detail and you'll get so much value from how they explain The Law of Attraction as well. And there you have it. If you'd like to send me a message on Instagram, Snapchat, or Twitter, let me know what you think. If you're liking this, if I've helped explain this for you in a way that is helpful, or if you have other questions on this subject that I can answer in future episodes, go over to Jess C, as in chocolate hazelnut butter lively. And for show notes for this episode, head over to JessLively.com slash law of attraction. Hopefully I've helped explain it to you guys in a way that makes sense, doesn't sound too crazy or woo-woo. The fact is, as you know, I love all shades of the scale of woo-woo to very scientific. I love it all and I am so excited to show you guys how all of this overlaps and aligns just using different language really, from places like science to places like channeling intuitions and all of that other stuff on the other end of the scale. It all is pointing to the same places in most cases, and I'm so excited to be able to explain it to you guys in ways that may resonate for you. Now, before I share where I'm going next week, I'd like to take a moment to talk about today's sponsor, FreshBooks.com. You guys know I love FreshBooks. FreshBooks bookkeeping software is my jam. I love using it as a business owner. It is my place to keep track of everything that is going on financially for my company. My accountant can go in there, my bookkeeper can go in there and check out the books. It's so easy. It's so easy for everyone to stay on the same page. Even my contractors, as they do different projects, can have their own special logins to track their time. I can see it. I can submit their payments for their invoices and everything that they need as well. And I also can submit invoices for people to pay me. If you wanna give it a try, go over to freshbooks.com lively to check it out. I love it, I hope you do too. You'll get free 30 days to give it a try. And especially right now at the start of a new year, this is the perfect time to give this a try so that all of your bookkeeping is taken care of and wouldn't you just rather enjoy your bookkeeping for the year? Now let's talk about the sneak peek. Next week, I'm heading to, I think I'm gonna stay in Sydney, actually. Not 100% sure, because I haven't decided. Flo has not taken me one direction or the next yet, but I have a feeling Sydney's gonna be another week of my trip. And then at some point, I am going to head to Melbourne. Cannot wait to check that city out as well. I've heard great things. Until next Thursday, may something wonderful happen to you today.